Hi there, my name is Annette Jones, and this is the Motherhood Elevated Podcast, episode number one, It Takes Work. You are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast for women who want to find clarity of mind, create lasting emotional well-being and confidence, and achieve amazing potential. Come with me. This will be fun. Hello, and welcome to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast. My name is Annette. I am a certified life coach, and I'm excited that you're here. I was certified as a coach last summer through the Life Coach School, and I absolutely love the work that I get to do. I am also a wife and a mom to four wonderful kids. My oldest will be turning 20 this summer, which is just nuts. I can't believe it. And my youngest will turn 10 this summer. So I've been at this mothering thing for a little while now, and I love it, challenges and all. Um, I get a lot of questions about coaching. People are curious about what exactly it is that I do. And so I thought I'd take a minute to explain what life coaching is, at least from my perspective and the way that I was trained. Basically, a life coach is someone who helps you understand and supervise and essentially train your brain. I have two boys who play tennis, and I like to think about it in terms of what their coach does for them. They have a really great tennis coach who helps them take a look at their current performance, looks at their strengths and how they can capitalize on those, as well as um, seeing the areas where there might be room for improvement. And he is there to offer them knowledge, to run drills, to give them whatever training they need to take their skills and their abilities in the sport to the next level. So in the same way, a life coach works with clients to help them understand and analyze their cognitive and emotional lives. Your brain is an amazingly powerful tool, and learning to manage your mind is really one of the most important skills that you can develop. And so I get to teach my clients some really empowering tools and then help them practice putting these tools into use in their lives. Now, my job as a coach is to be an objective observer of my clients' minds, and from that perspective, I have the ability to identify what's working for my clients as well as see areas where there might be room for improvement or change or a new perspective. And I think that good coaching always seeks to uncover the root cause of a problem instead of just treating the symptoms. And I like the comparison of just taking medicine to alleviate the pain of a broken arm versus actually treating the fracture and helping it to heal permanently. You can treat a problem by trying to change your actions through sheer willpower, but unless you treat the cause of those actions, which is all in your mind and your thinking, then you're not going to find real lasting solutions. So I, as a coach, am really here to show the clients their own minds and help them get to the root of the thoughts and beliefs that they aren't even aware of, not even aware that they have, but that are keeping them stuck. And they're keeping them from living the lives they want to live and from achieving their goals. So when we're trained as life coaches, we're encouraged to focus the tools that we learn on a specific area that we want to help people in. And not surprisingly, most coaches choose to focus on the area which coaching has been most powerful and helpful for them in their own lives. There are coaches for weight loss, coaches for people who are going through divorce, coaches for doctors and teachers, and coaches for people who want to build businesses. There are coaches for people who want to quit drinking or who are stuck in other destructive habits. So in my own life, the tools of coaching were most powerful for me as a mom, 
And learning to coach myself has really transformed the way that I show up for my kids, also for my husband. And it really has enhanced just about every area of my life. In fact, I can't even think of an area that hasn't been improved with the tools that I have learned. I should also say that I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And the biggest reason that coaching appealed to me was because of how well it aligned with my spiritual beliefs. Now, you certainly don't have to be religious for coaching to work. The tools and principles are just truth about how the world works and how our minds work. And they apply to everybody. But I've discovered that the religious doctrines that I believe and the concepts presented in the science of positive psychology, which coaching draws from, are truths that really complement each other. And actually, the, that the application of the two together, the science, scientific perspective and the religious perspective, combining the two makes them even more powerful together than they are on their own. And so I do a lot of that in my coaching. I include a lot of that in my coaching because that's how it's been most significant and powerful for me. I generally coach women who are members of the church who want to enhance a certain area of their lives, whether it's improving their relationships with themselves or uh, someone else in their life, um, achieving a goal, increasing confidence, decreasing their anxiety or worry, or just becoming more deliberate wives and mothers. And this work is so amazing and that when you start to apply it to one area, it can't help but start to spread and affect other areas of your life as well. I believe that our kids are growing up in a world and that we live in a world with all kinds of conflicting messages coming at us about what gives us value, what brings happiness, and what we are capable of. And I think that we need women and mothers who are strong, who are resilient, and who can really serve as role models for their families and everyone around them of how to navigate through all of the distortion and the confusion. So I believe learning to manage your mind is one of the most important things that you can learn to do. And I just love the power of this work to change lives. So a little bit about me and how I got into coaching. About six years ago, I was a busy wife and stay-at-home mom with four kids, ages about three to 13. And I was involved in volunteering at school. I had a busy church calling that I loved. I was doing my best to keep up with everything from kids' activities to the state of the house <laughs> to doing all of the things that I thought a good wife and mother and neighbor and school volunteer and church member was supposed to do. That year also presented some pretty significant challenges for our family. One of my children was diagnosed with a pretty life-altering autoimmune disease, and another started having severe episodes of anxiety and depression, so much so that um, we eventually pulled this child out of public school and began to homeschool. So I had a lot going on, and all of a sudden I started to feel like I was losing control of my somewhat balanced life, <laughs> that I started slipping. And then the next year came a challenge that really shouldn't have been that big of a deal. But for some reason, it was the straw that broke the camel's back, and it really just shook my world. And I started to question everything, from my self-worth to my confidence. I really questioned my ability to do any good for anybody. And I was flooded with depression, feelings of insecurity, failure, anxiety. And I think I was pretty good at keeping up appearances. I don't know that anyone besides my husband and maybe sometimes my older kids suspected that anything was wrong, but I was really struggling. I mentioned that one of my kids had been experiencing some anxiety and depression as well. And so as we worked with this child with a therapist, 
I also threw myself into research, researching psychology and the mind. And I saw that so much of what this child was struggling with um, was the same feelings that were bringing me down. And I wanted to figure this out for both of us. So I found loads of helpful books and websites and TED Talks and other information. And the most powerful thing I began to understand was that I didn't have to believe everything that my brain was telling me. And I know that sounds logical and obvious, but I'm telling you, this is one of the most important things you can understand. I realized that I had been having thoughts and believing things that just seemed like they were facts, but they weren't true at all. And I also learned that our thoughts are optional and that some of the best news ever is that we have a choice as to what we think and what we believe and that we get to believe anything we want to believe. Another powerful insight was that our brains can change and that we can actually alter the way our brains are wired and essentially take control of our beliefs and our habits and the results we're getting in our lives. Now, this was mind-blowing and gave me so much hope that I didn't have to keep suffering in my current thinking habits and patterns. Well, somewhere along this whole process, I was introduced to life coaching, and I knew from the start that this was exactly what I'd been looking for. I got a coach and I started learning and applying this, the tools and they were life changing. I know that sounds cliche and I don't use that term lightly. These tools became um, the how to all of the intellectual knowledge I'd been coming across. They showed me how to actually apply these concepts in psychology to my life. And it was awesome. I became a more loving, deliberate mother. My relationship with my husband improved. And I feel like I really understand now what real confidence is and how to create that for myself and not to rely on outside sources. Uh, most importantly, all of this has really transformed my relationship with my Savior and with my Heavenly Father. I think the tools I've learned are helping me to become more like them. And they're helping me to not only see the potential in myself, but the potential in others as well. It really has just changed my perspective on so many important things, and it's enhanced every area of my life. I just love it. So in this episode, I wanted to teach you a little bit about your brain and why I believe managing our minds is such important work and why it even matters. A few years back, I ran across a really great TED Talk called Getting Stuck in the Negatives by Alison Ledgerwood. I'll link to it in the show notes if you're interested. But this, in this talk, she presents research that suggests that our brains have a negativity bias, meaning that we just naturally notice and focus on the things that we think are negative in the world or things that are going wrong in our lives, and that it's actually more challenging for us to stay in a positive state of mind. And if you think about it, when you look back at the end of the day on everything that happened, it usually is the things that didn't go well that stand out in our minds, whether it was the kids being late for school or the house being a mess, or an offensive comment someone made, things like that. So the premise of her talk is that our brain's default is to look out for problems and perceived dangers, and that it takes work to focus on the good and what is going right. Now, the word work kind of stood out to me, and as I thought about it, I remembered in the story of the first humans on Earth, Adam and Eve, we know that they use their agency to eat fruit that would give them knowledge, which that step brought them closer to becoming more like God, but it also set in motion what we refer to as the fall. So let's think about the effects of the fall for a minute. First, we know that there was a physical fall, that their bodies became mortal and subject to injury, 
disease, decay, and death. And I don't know about you, but I am very aware that in order to keep my physical body healthy and strong, it takes work. That I just can't lay around all day and eat junk and expect to feel well and be in good shape. So without the work of managing what I eat and making sure I'm getting proper physical activity, my body becomes weak and even can stop functioning properly. So again, because of the fall to our mortal state, it takes work to maintain our physical health. Another effect was that the earth fell, meaning that instead of automatically generating food for Adam and Eve, it would naturally produce what the scriptures call thorns and thistles, basically weeds, and that men would have to work by the sweat of their face, or in other words, they would have to work for their sustenance and their survival. So there's that word work again. Do you see a theme here? Now, another aspect of the fall is the effect it had on the human mind. And in the church, we call it the carnal mind or the natural man. And I've heard it outside the church referred to as maybe the primitive brain or the ego. And I don't know that it really matters what we call it, but it's important to know that it exists and that it affects everyone. So as a part of our purpose in coming to earth, we were to experience opposition. And this part of our brain is in opposition to God. It's in opposition to the divinity within each of us as his children. This carnal part of our mind causes us to question our worth and our abilities. It creates the fear of rejection and of not being enough. The fear that we are somehow missing out and that our lives don't look the way that they are supposed to. And another thing this carnal part of us does is it thinks that we should gauge our progress and our value by comparing ourselves to others, which as you know, never really works. Comparing ourselves only ends up in us either turning prideful and elevating ourselves and thinking we're better than others or berating ourselves and um, treating ourselves with criticism and self-loathing. So I think it's important to know that this part of our brain is real and that it's a part of everyone. Everyone has it, but also to see it for what it is and know that we've been given the ability to manage and overcome that carnal mind. So in coaching, we refer to this part of our brain as the lower brain. It is responsible for our habits, our automatic thoughts. Basically, our lower brain keeps our minds running efficiently, and we don't usually give much thought to what's going on in there. And I really think that the adversary capitalizes on this part of our brain, that he likes to sneak in and offer thoughts and ideas and beliefs that aren't true and that ultimately drag us down because he knows that we aren't supervising that part of our mind and that it's easy to slip those lies in because we aren't very likely to question or challenge them. But there is good news. We have another part of our brain called the higher brain. This is also known as the prefrontal cortex and it is specific to us as humans. It kind of sets us apart from all the other animals. And this is a part of our brain that thinks deliberately. It helps us in planning and decision-making. It moderates our social behavior and it seeks out positivity. So it really helps me to think about the lower brain as the kind of the carnal mind and the higher brain as my spiritual mind. And I believe that it is in the higher brain that we're most likely to operate under the influence of the spirit. And when we are operating from and making decisions in our higher brain, we are taking our best action and living our best lives. But again, this takes work. And so it seems that we are at our best physically and mentally and emotionally when we are actively working to create physical and mental and emotional health. 
And this is great news, right? It means that not only are we completely normal if we aren't feeling happy and positive all the time, we're just being human and our brains are just doing what human brains do. But I love knowing that we can also learn to manage those human brains of ours and to be conscious about what we are choosing to think. And as one of my favorite scriptures says, to willfully act instead of just being acted upon. So my goal as a coach is to help women learn to supervise and manage that lower brain and teach them the tools that will help them consciously create positive and productive thoughts and beliefs and habits. I want to teach women what I have learned about using agency to think deliberately and to really create their lives consciously. It is a very empowering and a very fulfilling way to live. So one last thing before I go, I remember hearing a talk by Elder Neil L. Anderson at a BYU Education Week back in, I think it was 2015. And he said something that struck me. And as I've really immersed myself in coaching, I can see how it totally applies to the tools that I've learned. He was talking about the state of the world today and how it is full of commotion and confusion and that that is going to continue and increase. But he also said that we don't need to worry or be afraid. And I'm going to quote him directly here. He said, as evil increases in the world, there is a compensatory spiritual power for the righteous. And then he goes on to explain, if the world were growing more physically dark, he could give us enhanced night vision. If loud noises were constantly in our ears, he could give us a filtering mechanism to block the unwanted sound. If the race we were running was extended, he could give us increased lung and muscle capacity. If the exam we were taking was more difficult, he could quicken our minds. So in other words, what he is saying is that God will take the challenges and the um, obstacles coming at us in these days and give us the added help that we need to overcome them. And I think that so much of the confusion and despair in the world today is due to the increase of the adversary's influence over our minds. He knows exactly how to get to us. He knows exactly how to drag us down and keep us from fulfilling our potential. But as this darkness and confusion increases, God is sending added light and truth and clarity to us. He is revealing more knowledge and understanding to us of how to combat this influence and how to keep our minds and our spirits strong in the midst of the discouragement and the ne negativity and the temptations that surround us. So for me, learning about my brain and how to overcome these carnal tendencies really has felt like a compensatory power. And I know that there are many other spiritual powers and ways that we're being uplifted and strengthened, but I believe that this work really has been a part of that for me. It has taught me how to use my agency, which is one of the most important tools we've been given, to improve my relationships, to strengthen my testimony and my spirituality, and to have confidence that I have what it takes to create a happy, peaceful, and fulfilling life, even in the middle of all the challenges that come. So this week, I want to challenge you to try to become more aware of the thoughts that you are thinking on autopilot and really notice when you are operating in your lower brain versus your higher brain. I find it helpful to write down the thoughts that I'm having when I'm feeling a particularly strong emotion, such as frustration or fear or gratitude, or when I'm feeling really happy or peaceful. This is called a thought download, and it just gets all of your thoughts out and what's going on inside of your head out and onto paper, or you can type it in the note section of your phone or your computer or whatever works for you. 
But as you get these thoughts out, you might be surprised at what comes, comes out. Sometimes I'll do a thought download and I'm a little shocked at some of the thoughts that I'm thinking. And so it's important not to judge your thoughts or yourself, but just to really become curious about them and about why you're having them. And some of our thoughts are really good and true and serve us very well, but others are essentially lies disguised as truth. And those, these are the thoughts that we want to take a look at. Those are the thoughts that cause us so much needless suffering. Thoughts like, I'm not good enough, I can't do anything right, my life isn't fair, or I'm a terrible mother. Um, and I'm giving you permission and even challenging you to question your thoughts and to see them as optional to figure out where they're coming from and how they're affecting you. Awareness really is the first step. So take some time this week to just become a watcher of your thoughts. And I will be back next week to teach you some more about your amazing brain and gives you, give you some tips on how to manage it. All right, everyone, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening, and I will see you back here next week. Have a good one. If you like what you hear on this podcast and would like to learn more, I invite you to check out my website at motherhoodelevated.com. There you can sign up for a free mini session to see what working with me looks like, as well as find information on classes I offer or get on the list for some weekly inspiration straight to your inbox. Again, that's motherhoodelevated.com. Have a great week.